Hello and welcome to another episode of the GAN Gym Podcast. Uh, today is a special one because we have our first guest, um, Antrim under-20 footballer, St. Gall senior footballer and uh, owner of Owen McCabe's Performance Academy. Yeah. Um, we have Owen McCabe. Owen, thanks for coming down. Cheers for having me, Oshin. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. It's good getting you down, good getting a guest as well. It's much easier to talk to someone else and talking about yourself yeah. for the whole time. Um, how was the journey down? Wasn't too bad. Um, Spurs enough on the roads. Once you get past him, um, I'm lost. Different word, like but uh, <laughs> different <laughs> plan. Too bad. The end. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're playing for St. Gall's, isn't it? Yes, I went to eight St. Gall's seniors. Yeah. What sort of stage is that now? He's come to the championship. Um, just wrapped up the league there on Monday night. So with our last league game, um, we're coming up the championship in two weeks' time now. So everything's sort of geared towards that now. Yeah. Yep. How are you set for it? I'm feeling feeling alright. Um, no, it's probably probably weighed up in the past couple of years as well, mm-hmm. and uh, this year's probably no different. So, good wee bit of competition there keeps it interesting. Yeah, who's along with yourselves? Who's the kind of big the big names in, in terms of senior football? Probably about five or six teams there. Um, you know, Cargan, Craig, and Landers and Johns. Um, probably be good bit of competition there. And it'll all be fairly tight, will it then? You would, you would like to think so, anyway. Yeah. It's last year's one with kick off all between us and the. Cargan's probably seen the video everywhere. Like yeah, um, and uh, you've been playing then the entire year. Playing half back, corner back, or where? Um, been between half forward and half back. Um, uh-huh. just sort of that middle eight rule, up and down. Just, just get the ball, give it to the shooters, like and then do the business. Yeah, the, <laughs> the athlete up and down the pitch then. Trying to be anyway. <laughs> and uh, you were playing for Antrim under twenties this year. Were you playing similar position for them? Yeah, um, under twenties playing centre half back most of the year. So um, much difference enough. between them two positions. Or are you playing similar kind of role with them? Um, the managers are trying to tell me to do something different, but nah, no, I'm joking. Um, no, similar enough up and down when you can, but um, yeah. obviously you're. Your defense, your defense is your your priority. Like, but mm-hmm. get up whenever, whenever you can. Try to chip in if you're you're not yeah. one, not two. And what's the difference like between the, the Antrim under twenties and like seniors for St. Gauls? Is it the same level? Is it different? Or um, did you notice any differences in it? I think I th- there there's differences on some realities. Like the obviously you're going under twenties, you're playing with boys your own age. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good crack getting to play with boys from other clubs too. Um, you know, it's sort of different crack that you'd have with your club. You're with your club mates couple of years you're with them all the time but um just the boys of the, the, the county it's a different bit of crack like and it's yeah just different playing playing football with them and it's i don't know uh, it's a bit hard to explain but yeah it's good crack anyway yeah. enjoy it. and um i know you played a wee bit for the seniors last year did you think there was much of a difference between you know is there much of a jump between club level and county level um i think there is um uh, definitely that you the standards you're playing that you you sort of Club games, you might be able to sort of come in and out of a game. Um, at county level, it's it's relentless. Like you're you're nonstop for the mm-hmm. the seventy minutes. Um, and then the other side's just the, the commitment side of things too. Um, you know, you're there maybe four or five days a week, uh, and it's away away from the training as well. You have to yeah. be on your own stuff to keep up the pace, and um, probably wasn't ready for it completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I sort of sort of found that out. In what so way? Just like physically or um, physically, I thought it was I was alright, but. You know the 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 running side of things are a lot different. Um, you can be as strong as you want, but if you're not able to get about the pitch, then you, you'll be found out right and quick. Um, I think just the training load too, probably a bit of a jump up, and then probably wasn't really looking after the nutrition as well. I was sort yeah. of thinking, right, I'm, I'm doing all this training, I can eat, I can eat all this, and I'll, I'll burn it off, all right, which which just isn't the case. Like, um, you, know, you, have to, you have to you have to look after all areas, not just the training side of things. And is like whenever you're playing for the like those county setups, is it the standards are so much higher, like you haven't hit certain numbers in the game and that kind of thing, or is it not as not maybe as strict as that? No, um it would be. It was it was a there was a lot of numbers based, but at the same time it's like if you're if you're hitting the numbers but you're you're not doing anything with the ball then yeah. it's, it's sort of useless like. Um but a lot of it was placed around numbers and targets to hit and just sort of if you're working hard enough and you're you're doing what you should be doing, then the numbers should sort of look after themselves, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. But uh, like, if you're coming on, say, it's playing 15 minutes a week, like you're obviously not going to be hitting the numbers. You yeah. have to do your your top ups, that sort of thing. Do you think that uh, a lot of club teams are maybe a wee bit too obsessed with numbers? Like definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's nearly more so how many how much you run rather than the quality of it. Yeah, big time. Um. Even I have the own GPS unit myself, and yeah. When I first got it, I definitely know what was something in my head. It's like right, I have this on my back. I, how fast can I run there? How far can I run there? What sort of distance am I covering? But uh-huh. if you're 
too focused on that, then like I said, if you're not, if you're not doing anything with the ball, then it sort of defeats the purpose of, of having yeah. it. If it's sort of there to complement your game rather than be the main main part of your game. Yeah, I think that that's it. And like you hear a lot of coaches as well, like we'll want to get just a GPS just to see who's running the most, yeah. but it's trying to figure out. Like I actually think it's nearly more useful for training, yeah. you know, and determining your loads each week. But yeah. I think a, a lot of people are still slow to come to that point. I think yeah. that's, I think that's you, think you hit the nail on the head right there. Like if you're, say you're coming off the back of a game and you've 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 put in a serious shift, like maybe you could dial training back a wee bit during yeah. the week, or if you've had a heavy training week, maybe go a wee bit later. I think that's what it, it should be used for. Whereas it's just always right, push a bit more, push a bit more, yeah. hit these numbers, hit these numbers, and it nearly becomes a you become a number on that's it like I think that's one of the things I've seen up at Derry this year was that it wasn't so much about in the game like you have to be running 10k you have to be doing that there's an element to that but it's more so in the running each week whereas like week one you're hitting x amount of distance week two is x and I think the more you can get to that the more useful the the GPS actually becomes like yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. Um, but I think a lot of teams are slow to get to that point like I think it's it's because uh, then it's thrown in you're like right we'll have this new thing we have to everything has to be yeah. run through it like obviously they, they probably cost a few quid to get out a full team with them so you want to get the most out of them but I think it's nearly overkill then when, when you do start is. using them I think it is I think it's just it's a hundred uh, club teams will go through go through different phases like there's obviously the phase of teams a while back where they jumped into strength condition it was yeah. like do whatever so you had maybe a team were doing fucking kettlebells here and a team that were doing crossfit here and a team that were doing something else there yeah, yeah. but i think it takes people a while to figure out the best what, way what to use these things that's it yep have you been doing do you do much strength condition at st Gauls or is it all individualized or mainly individualized um at the start of the year there were in no limits um we did a bit over the winter and then i was writing a bit of the program out um just firing on the on the yeah. google sheets firing <laughs> on the whatsapp group and boys were getting it done but um it's sort of it is encouraged to do it and there would be a lot of boys would sort of have their own their own meet groups who would go together for sessions um but but a lot of time it is it is up to yourself and it's just sort of put on the player and i think players know these days if you're yeah. if you're not doing it you will be left behind like so yeah and you were you were actually programming a bit of it then for the lads a wee bit of it yeah at the start of the year and then just sort of came, came away from it things got a bit busy and yeah i probably let it slide a wee bit like so <laughs> takes a lot of time too to do it and can be a wee bit frustrating like That's it yep um and then with Antrim were you just doing a lot of strength conditioning work as well? Uh with the seniors we were, yeah. Uh Fitton Davlin from the loop was in with us. Um he did a lot of work with us. Um a lot of it was mainly and we were having this we were having this conversation last mm-hmm. week about uh we're doing a lot more sprint work. Yeah. Um and then just sort of ticking the boxes in the gym. But um so he did have her that was probably my eye opener, realising that everything's not so much gym related and yeah like i said if you're you need to be up and down the pitch um so it makes sense to spend more time doing that yeah. sort of side of things i think like we were chatting about last week um you kind of come in now full circle and thinking how important how important is the gym to everything yeah, yeah. and it's kind of a weird one because a, a couple of years ago i would have been very much like get, you have to get stronger if you're getting stronger you'll be better but now it's kind of like how much does that translate over and how much is it needed that's it uh, i think it's there's no question it's important, but it's like up until a certain point, like how much we're talking about like strength levels. If say you're hitting your, your standard strength targets, if you're you're coming up to near one point five, two, two point five times your, your body yeah. weight and say your squat or your deadlift, your bench press and body weight, like yes, that's gonna be beneficial, make you robust, um, it'll get you stronger, apply more force, all that sort of stuff, but just how much more are you gonna get out of an extra couple of a couple of kilo on your, your squat or your deadlift? Like how how much yeah. will it really transfer over? And I think too, when you look at it, provided you have you have those kind of certain numbers hit, probably more conditioning work, sprint work is going to give you a much bigger percentage increase to your performance than than strength work will. That's it. Um, but I think it's trying to find that line because you have to get yourself up to a certain point. I think. Yeah, I think there's a there is definitely like a, a baseline you have to be at. Yeah. Um, but Kier, Kier went on flat, the, the rugby strength coach, he always talks about being a PhD in your sport. Yeah. Um, he says that'll always look after everything, but I think after that it's sort of speed kills and everything Does else like just, to, just to cover your bases. Like, um, I think there's throughout everything that's it's not needed and it's only there for ticking boxes. Yeah, I think that's it. And I, I think sometimes maybe, and like I know it's something I do, whenever you're doing gym work, it's it can be an easy it can be an easy way out of maybe doing sprint work or doing yeah. other stuff because like well I'm doing a session but it's again how much does it actually carry over but I think now what I'm saying and you probably seen it last week at the, the sprint course we were at 
being able to sprint well is is a difficult thing to do but if you can you can make a massive increase yeah, to your performance like, like you see all the top if you if you were to pick the top performance and whether it's GAA or rugby anything like that they're, they're probably the, the the fastest and um most explosive players like they're they definitely stand out definitely um and i think that's something i'm trying to do a lot more of now is do a bit more sprint work do a bit more sprint work with my clients but it's it's like once you go down that rabbit hole of sprint mechanics and coaching it it's you realize you don't know a lot about it like yeah you think you know until you realize you uh, like <laughs> chatting to your lad there last week so me and omar had a speed uh, seminar last week and the guy taking it was really really intelligent when it came to sprint mechanics but some of the stuff you're just checking your head because he's just going down all these different avenues with it that you haven't thought of which is great f- from a coaching perspective but at the same point it makes you realize that you have a lot more to I do like doesn't it is. yeah yeah um have you tried to implement any of that over the past couple of weeks that way but i came in so we had the workshop on saturday and um, had a game on monday night and then the big thing we were talking about the the programming even then the example of the the sort of rollover stuff yeah and then i was looking at it was like game day uh plus plus two i like so it was the wednesday then i didn't really I was going to have a heavy session, but I was still feeling pretty fatigued from the game, so I just went through a couple of couple of drills, wall drills, uh, some of the ankle dribbles, knee dribbles, yeah. um, and then I tried a few prime times, uh-huh. uh, just for the, the stiff legs, but even looking at that, he was big on nailing something before you move into that, yeah. and even when I slowed down the video and looking at the prime times, I was like, right, maybe I'm, I'm not quite ready for them just yet, so take it back another step and focus on maybe skipping and yeah. that sort of thing. It's, it's practicing all those things, but it's... Um it's just time, like it's not getting ahead of yourself as well, and having the having the patience to that's to it. To layer it all up. I think sometimes with that speed work, you want to get into getting a sled behind you and that's doing it. all that kind Looking of stuff. The sexy stuff. <laughs> that's it. But it's sometimes about doing the wall drill and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I thought I could sprint well, and then your man just tore me apart from my technique. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's good to see that. Like you know, it's nice to see where the holes are that you can improve on. Definitely. Um, St. Gauls and they won the All Ireland. Back in was it like two thousand and ten? Twenty ten. Yeah, they were in the beating the final in two thousand six. Um, won uh two thousand ten. Yeah, they must be one of the only Antrim teams to ever won, were they? Or um, they could well be. I'm not too sure. To be what honest. was it? Uh, <laughs> do you mind much of that there? Yeah, I remember the two thousand six one. I was at that, but it was uh, I think it was seven or something. Like I don't really remember too much. Well, I remember it was freezing St Paddy's Day. Um, yeah, it was. Beat seven six or something, real Aye. classy game. Um, but then the th- 2010, I remember it well. Um, it was under 12 at the stage, and our team actually played at half time on it. Right. So it was obviously a big day out. And um, Croker. And Croker, yeah. Lethal. And they played Kilmarie, Brooklyn from Clare, I think it was. And yeah, obviously won by a fair few in the end, but some some crack that. Aye, that must have been uh, must have been some team at that time, like. Yeah, it's good for them still about now. Like Is it? Just yeah, there's serious, serious operators like to see in the way they go about it. When uh, when they chat about it, you know, what do you think was different about that team? I know you weren't you weren't playing, but when you hear them chatting, was it just their attitude, or was it the mix of everything? I think that it was, was a mix good? of everything. Um, you know, the sort of from I've heard a few different. I've heard stories from players with different sort of phases and that. So like players who had been playing senior and then sort of came in, they were coming to the tail end of their career with all these mm-hmm. new boys coming through, and then. Hearing the stories from all of them coming up, they were all, you know, they were real good mates, like the band of brothers, they would have called them, like those yeah. sets of brothers throughout the team. Um, and just, like, they had a serious work they did, like, and there was no doubt on unreal talent there as well, like. Yeah. Just a mix, mix of everything. Standards have been set high for you then for the last couple <laughs> of years. Um, that's something I find, like, I, in our club here in Fallon Vale, we've never got to that level, but um, back in, like, the early 90s, the teams would have won, like, a couple of championships, and my uncle had been one of the teams, and no matter what we do, you've never won the championships, yeah. like, you've yeah. never won three in a row or whatever it was. Um, you just will never match up to that there. Yeah. So we need to win the championship <laughs> this year, basically. Um, so you're doing... You do coaching yourself uh, in person and online. Yeah. How long have you been at that now? Um, I've been coaching, been taking sessions from when I was about 15 or 16. Um, I started off, my mommy was training with Dan McCaffrey, the owner of No Limits Fitness. And then there was one year I just thought, right, okay, I want to do a bit of training. So get into sort of circuit classes, boot camp style classes, um, kettlebells, all that sort of stuff. Um, with Dan, and then I think when I was fourth, fifth year, fifth year, going the fifth year, um, he was sort of 
saying, listen, do you want to come in? Or is it, have you thought about what you want to do? Mm. And they hadn't a clue what I wanted to do, just knew it was something, yeah. something based around sport. He says, sure, if you want to come in and do sort of like an internship sort of thing. Yeah. Um, just shadowed him for a good year um, and then got the opportunity to take a few classes and been with him since. So I'm still working, coaching for, for No Limits Fitness and then sort of running my, my own performance academy on the side. And uh, what's the kind of goals going forward then? Are you, are you thinking of staying in coaching for the next couple of years or what's the this, what's this sort of overall plan? Yeah, plans? definitely. Um, I'm going back to Jordanstown in September uh, next month for the Star Sports Science course. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, the, the long-term aim is the more strength and conditioning route. Um, so I think just over the next sort of 10, 15 years, that that's eventually, like, I think I want to go forward towards that. Um, but yeah, definitely still planning getting the co- uh, coaching on the side of doing a degree. Um, just trying to get as much experience as I can. Yeah. It means going away at some stage, uh, across the water, trying to, ideally, trying to get to maybe Australia. Yeah. Um, obviously, the same scenery miles ahead. So I think that's... Long long term, the goal would be in Australia, maybe in thir- by the thirty stage, like so. Yeah. Hopefully and uh, do you think like AFL or? Um, ideally AFL. Um, I would have been a big AFL fan. Um, not so much at the minute, like, but I would still follow it and still take an interest in it. But um, I'd be enjoy the rugby too, like so. Yeah. Anything sort of wouldn't be picky, like any sort of professional setup comes comes knocking. I'll, I'll jump at it, like. <laughs> Definitely, I think it's um. That's really the goal, like, isn't it? I think it's a, everyone's everyone gets into the strength and distance route. I think that is the sort of goal. I think being part of a team too, um, is the same with me. Like, whenever you've been part of a team and like that, you, like you'd love to be a professional athlete, probably not going to happen right now. But being able to be in the professional setup, yeah, help other professionals, yeah, the next best thing, like, yeah, I think so. Like, um, and it's uh. It's like a kind of goal of mine is get working with that professional setup because you see when you're part of a team, like I've been working with uh, the rugby club up the road there, and just being part of the actual team and being part of the setup is is great too. Like yeah. you get a great buzz from it. The one I'm on coaching is brilliant, but there's something else about being in a team. I think that yeah. is that it's is really a good. Like environment, like it's hard to be coaching someone. You've said about the online stuff. It's it's hard to be coaching someone face to face and the buzz yeah. you get from that. But then when you take it into a team and even I was, I was doing a wee bit with a few Gaelic teams and uh, like just because you're sort of from that sort of background yourself, it's yeah. just something different. Like it's you, you know what the vibe is like and you just uh, you just feel bought. I think when everyone's bought into it, like it's a real real good feeling. Like definitely, and I think you know whenever you can actually make a plan, you see people following the plan and improving on the plan. It's a great feeling too, like, it, like especially in the team atmosphere. It's it, getting someone results, like that's the the biggest buzz. Like in the session, you see someone hitting the PB, or but then long term, if you see them, you hear the resu- the results stories, like then yeah. you're, you're you're buzzing with that, like. So you're doing sports science this year, then? Um, you gonna play by the ball for J Town, or I'll try my best anyway. Yeah, try my best, <laughs> freshers A all the way. <laughs> um, is uh is that on the kind of track to Jordan? So I was playing a bit of football. Yeah, or? um, I want to play. I just want like the Sigerson's a big competition, like so. You want to yeah. get involved with Sigerson. Um, you know, my dad, my dad went to Samiris, the ranch, and he was he was always on about the Sigerson. He was coaching Samiris for a bit, and I would have been about the teams just when I was younger, going down watching the trainings and stuff. And, yeah. Um, you know, there was always talk about Sigerson, and then just like, going up, I was like, right, I want, I want to, I want to play Sigerson at some stage. Where uh-huh. I obviously have to go to university to play it, so <laughs> yeah, that's a fairly big um, part of it. That's it yep. <laughs> um, that'll be good. Do being up at Jordanstown, like. I think from being up there, it's nothing beats going to DNA, being around lots of different people, meeting new people. It's a brilliant experience. Like, yeah, looking forward to it. Maybe a bit nervous, but looking forward to it. Ah, it's exciting. Like, I'm going back up now, hopefully to do the Masters this year, and um, I'm I'm excited to go back up. Even though it'll only be up a couple of days a month, it's just going up, meeting new people, chatting new ones. It's uh, it's brilliant. Like, yeah, it's I think the connection thing too. Um, like, there's a few boys I knew came, came through the uh, sports science course and. You get the opportunity to network with people, and they point you down different routes and introduce you to different people, and uh, some of the opportunities you can get out of it. Like so, yeah. even obviously the education is one thing, the degree is one thing, but I think even getting chatting to people and getting exposed to that sort of environment, like, uh, can be can be definitely beneficial as well. Definitely, like, and um, I think by the looks of it, if you look at any of the job boards for strength conditioning, you nearly have to have some sort of degree behind you. Yeah, um, that's one of the things I was lacking. I I don't business at uni, so. I didn't really have any solid strength conditioning or sports science background, so yeah. I kind of have to come back now and go over it all again. That's how I've sort of get into that mindset of 
thinking but obviously when you're going down the, the sort of personal training route y- there's no real like you, ha- you get your level three and you can be the you can be the best pers- personal trainer in the world with all the different qualifications in the world or you could be a real good coach and maybe you're not if you, you might not have the qualifications or whatever but you can still be a, a, th- a top class coach yeah but i think when you're when you're looking more towards the sort of strength conditioning base i think the the degrees and the all that comes with it is sort of set. It's not the it's not that it separates anyone, but it's it's nearly a requirement then to get into it. I think so, and I think now because personal training market is so saturated with with people, I think if you can show that you're a good coach, but you also have the the knowledge, so degrees or whatever to back it up, it does separate you. And you know, like I'm sure you can name every like random people just end up being a personal trainer, and yeah. um, I think he. It's good to sort of separate yourself too from that there, like definitely, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that'll that'll be good. I'll hopefully see you up at uh, J Town. Maybe Hatfield. Well, maybe, maybe Hatfield Sunday. <laughs> Freshers week. <laughs> Have to make a comeback. Um, so you're online coaching. Uh, what's that there? Are you working with uh, just Gaelic players or anybody or? Yeah, mainly Gaelic players. Um, the so it's the G- online GA Performance Academy. So I have my, my athlete performance academy. I was working with. Gaelic players, few soccer players, um, hurlers came through that too, and and then online's the same. Mm-hmm. So it's basically just one to take an online version of what I do uh, in, in my group, the Athlete Performance Academy as well. So basically, all nearly tailor, tailored around the, the the individual, um, just based on sort of time of year, uh, what their goals are, uh, what areas they need to work on, what their mm-hmm. current schedules like, but just like you would you would coach someone face to face, um, but all the check-ins just through through WhatsApp and videos and calls and that sort of thing. So when you have someone coming in that's maybe a complete beginner, where do you start with them? Uh, complete beginner, you be obviously I start off a bit of a screening process. So jump on a call with them, get a chat, have them fill in like a sort of consultation form nearly, and just get a bit of more background info, uh, experience any issues, um, what their what their current schedules like, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and then screening process. So we get a couple of main movements and say like just get a video of front side back view of this and um, do a couple of reps of each just to see what their movement quality is like and then just address it from there but any beginner that comes through you just start real basic like and, and, and work your way through the basics um, there's no point in trying to add in the complex stuff yeah. with no solid base built first um, especially when people are starting out as well they're going to get a benefit out of anything that's sort of structured so mm-hmm. even if you if it, if it does feel real basic um, they're still, they're still going to get a benefit, and as long as you're not doing any harm, then and they're they're pr- progressing week on week, then if the client's happy, then yeah. you're happy as a coach too. And you know, if there's ones listening that are, are just starting into the gym now, what's what's the best advice you would give to them? Like, just be patient and start real simple. And um, like when I probably first jumped in, it was looking maybe five years ahead of where I really was and trying to trying to do all that mad stuff. And it's really learn how to squat and push, pull, um, hinge carry like it's it's real simple yeah um even like the sort of structure of following my sessions i would have the the most basic say a goblet squat their kettlebell front squat um progressions right up the front squats back squats um box squats all that sort of thing so just start real simple and go through the progressions nail nail each one but like the come back to that sprint and stuff that yeah if you're not ready to move on then make sure you nail the basics first i think there's a lot you can actually benefit from just doing those basics too yeah even if, you, if you've done properly even if you're if you are well trained you've been training a couple of years even if you go back and yeah really intensify the basics like it's it's definitely possible like even if you fire two two twenty eights up and on the front front kettlebell front yeah. squad, like it's it's gonna be tight for anyone. Definitely, like um, I think there's, you know, learning the basics is so important, but I think you need to keep keep working at them too because they are, they are big movements, and if you hammer away at them, even if you're advanced, you're gonna still make big gains, yeah, like definitely. and the variations of them after that. There, um, you're doing kind of or you have done quite a bit in social media. I think that's probably what's helped you you grow your your online business a lot. Yeah. Do you see that just continue to go upwards the social media stuff, or do you think after a while it's going to decline? Or um, interesting part at the minute actually, because it was I was doing obviously the Top Tip Tuesday series uh-huh. for I did that for a year, so I set out at the start I was like right, I'll do this for a year, take it from there. Um, and I was listening just in the podcast on the way up. I was listening to Andy Priscilla, and they were sort of saying as long as you're giving value, like obviously every post you put up, you want to give value, mm-hmm. but then it's sort of there's a mixed message. Some people will be saying right, just post say four or five times a week or post every yeah. day but then they're taking the, the the view that if you've nothing positive or nothing 
worthwhile yeah that's going to educate someone or help someone then don't bother just putting it out just for the sake of it so trying to keep everything quality and informative as possible that's um that's probably the best thing rather than just sort of putting up a post just for the for the sake of it but if there's if there's a meaning behind it there's it's going to help someone then yeah by all means far away like yeah i think so and like that's one of the things i i probably found over the past year was that at the start i was trying to pull out a post every day and now looking back at them some of them were, were just stupid like they had no no relevance I was just putting up a post for the sake of it yeah. and then whenever I actually started to like go right instead of posting every day I'll maybe post three or four times but it'll actually try and give call. some sort of value to it yeah. and you find you get a much better engagement and response from that there definitely yeah yeah um, so I do think anyone that is anyone that's starting indie like personal training you're trying to get the social media to grow I think it is as you say, you need to try and give as much value as possible, like, don't it. you? Yep, big time. Because um, I think sometimes people will put up stuff and, you know, whether it be just a random post about them working out or something, I, I think you have to give some sort of value to people because sometimes people maybe put up stuff just to maybe show off what they're doing and people yeah. can't relate to that. Like, yeah. And I think that's what you have done well is that most of the stuff you put up is it's there to help other people. Definitely. That's like that's what we're out there to do at the end of the day. We help yeah. people. Um, like, there's no... Yes, we could be far up with us doing a heavy squat or something like that, and uh, yes, it, it looks good, and we do it the odd time. But if it's if if you're not adding some sort of value, then it's, it, it could actually go the other way, and people might see it and be like, "Fucking throwing that up," and I'm over here doing something yeah. else. But um, you would rather nearly strip it back and give maybe a few pointers on how the say yeah, like how you got to that point. Yeah, you put up a heavy squat. Like how how do you get to that point? There, yeah, um, a few pointers. Um, but yeah, I think like I think people appreciate that too. That's it. You know, because not a lot of ones are doing it, so it's it's definitely a lot nicer whenever you can do that there. Yep. And um, is that kind of the main thing that's driving the online business and the social media stuff for you? Probably is too. Like, uh, I know Tom McCaffrey, he's very switched on his business <coughs> side of things, and he would nearly he'd be like a mentor. Uh-huh. Um, and he's always said he's like, you're not fucking promoting it enough, you're not promoting it enough. Yeah. Um, which I'm, I know myself that I'm probably not doing. Um, but I think through the online, you would get the odd uh, sort of uh inquiries and stuff just out of the blue yeah and i've been lucky enough that there has been a good few just popping up um which i'm obviously you're really grateful for like but then it's sort of like right okay really drive the thing on then um and then you're you're sort of between focusing on and giving the people that you have the best possible service as well as trying to yeah. al- always bring in new people in but um you i don't want to find that balance isn't it yeah you don't you don't want to have too many there where you're not giving them the best service so it's um just trying to find that find that sweet spot and always adapting and just progressing as, as much as you can like yeah and you mentioned a good thing there about um uh dan was it being one of your mentors yeah i think you know it was meant to getting a mentor being one of the most important things over the past couple of years for you i've been probably lucky enough that i'm just i'm around them all the time and it wasn't it nearly wasn't me going out to get a mentor but just spending the time with him he's yeah. he switched on you've seen like he brought us to we ran a competition between myself and one of the other coaches in the gym terry um and it was sort of split up members split up in the two groups and whoever's challenge whoever got uh-huh. the best results in the challenge and the, the most points there was different ways of getting points the winner was going to San Diego with Dan for Fitness right. Business Summit um, so just putting it there I ended up winning the challenge <laughs> <laughs> uh, both of us ended up going me and Terry both right. went along with Dan um, and it was like that week you, it was a real eye opener of where you can actually take things like yeah. spending that time around you might say oh, it's America they're all different level they're all mad or whatever but Dan's he's been flying to America a couple of times a year for business stuff he's uh-huh. had different mentors in, in America and the stuff that he's bringing back it's it's clearly working for him like so it's people yeah. would say that only works in America but it's it's the same everywhere same like. principles yeah. apply don't they I think having a mentor though if you're getting into this industry is probably the most important thing so that like success, you can get like success leaves clues too like, uh, yeah. like people if you, the people you look at and you're like right what have they done if you sort of reverse back a bit then sort of following our footsteps you can sort of learn from what they've done i think so and i think it's like you know even like you can read books about training or whatever it is as much as you want and that's brilliant i do it a lot yeah. but you learn so much more from your own experience and other people's experience like that speed course last week you could read a book on that but it's a different story when you go and actually see it being done in, in practice like that's it yeah um i think obviously the, the physical seeing someone or speaking to someone and i guess you can read all you want but if you're not putting it in the practice or you're not um, you're not experiencing it first hand then it could be it's, it's a different way of picking things up like I know even something as simple as 
like I'm reading something on the screen now and I take it in whereas I have a physical book and highlight and stuff yeah. but then they go and see someone it, it just brings it on even more but I love that getting in contact and talking face to face with someone like it, it makes it so much better yeah definitely definitely um, so I put up on Instagram some Q&A questions um, whole host of random ones here <laughs> but they kind of centre around pre-game what you do in a game and uh, kind of your plans and goals long term and also some boy Paddy Frill has oh, some okay. real <laughs> weird questions here for you, <laughs> which we're going to ask them all. Should they be getting a match? I'd hate to be delayed with that now. <laughs> um, so first one is who's stronger between me and you? We're going to do a workout after this here and we'll find out. We'll find out. Um, I think if we're going lower body one night, have me. Um, so we're going to do an upper oh, body session just, today. Oh, just bands and curls, so <laughs> I think he has the upper body. <laughs> I'm going upper body all day. We're doing an upper body workout here. Suits me. Um... So next one is in your diet. You chatted there about uh, your diet maybe wasn't the best at times preseason. Yeah. Have you improved that, or what are you kind Definitely, of doing? Definitely, yeah. It um, it's one of it's, it's a case of knowing what you should be doing, but not fucking doing it. Like, yeah. You know, you you tell your clients, right, and they all understand, right? Okay, this is what I have to do, and it's just just been a case of doing it. Um, like I hold my hands up. I was completely guilty of that myself. I've worked in the past with a couple of nutritionists. Um, Connor O'Neill, know yourself nutrition, mm -hmm. and then Chris Lowe. Uh, you worked with Chris yep. as well, and Chris was unbelievable. So yeah, I learned a lot smart. from both of them. Um, so it's basically just going back and implementing what you learned, and it's all it's all well and good learning everything. But if you're not if you're not implementing it and not uh, not looking after it, then it's it's probably it's, there's no point in it really. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, I'd be the same as anyone. I would track my calories. Um, probably just the guide that we took from Chris. It was have your high days, have your low days. Obviously. Uh -huh. Base it around your training schedule. If you're you have a heavy training day, eat a eat a little more calories, um, up the carb intake, mm -hmm. um, and then your lower days, you can you can dial it back a wee bit because you're not you're not as active. And then come the match days, you're you're carbing up day or two in advance. Um, high carb days day before and the match day, and then maybe recover a wee bit lower the next day as well. So whenever you're doing your high carb days, you know, day out, two days out, what percentage of your macros would you have that at, or do you just kind of eyeball it yourself? So we go between six to ten grams uh, of carbs per kilo of body weight. Uh -huh. So initially it was going off that six, so it was having about 480 to 500 grams of carbs. Um, and that's two days up to the game, is so it? So about 36 hours, so uh -huh. probably your last meal, depending on what the, what the time the, the game was at. So if it, say it was a three o'clock throw and you would start maybe the night before the day before yeah, yeah. so two days out um, but then I was chatting to a girl Sarah Connolly um, mm -hmm. Sarah Connolly Performance I think she's on Instagram she was saying try try like two higher carb days the day before um, but just obviously staying within the calories so you're not going yes. over um, so she was I started trying out the, the two days before which seemed to be working pretty well um, going for the higher limit too so uh -huh. I was going for maybe Instead of the six grams, I was going up at the eight grams, um, but doing it over two days, so I'm not feeling sort of bloated or feeling too full going into the game. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just between that sort of sixty, sixty-eight grams of per kilo, I found was working pretty well. Yeah, and you felt actually benefit from the carb loading compared yeah, to not doing it. Definitely, big time. Yep, yep. And uh, what's your usual kind of day of a game? What's your your usual kind of daily diet? Um, time do you usually play at? It could range, you know. Talking maybe three in the three in the afternoon, five, mm -hmm. seven. Um, like midweek games were playing at eight o'clock, like. So like um, a, a three three o'clock game. What would be the the day of eating for you? So I would, uh, Chris always said about the six hour countdown. Uh -huh. Um, but I sort of adapted it myself just to what suited me. So I I would go off like a seven hour countdown. Okay. Um, so three o'clock. So we're talking maybe seven, three, uh -huh. six, seven in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning. Um, Miles never my strong point. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'd have seven hours out anyway. I'd have probably have my biggest meal. So that would be talking maybe your overnight oats, uh -huh. um, maybe toast, scrambled eggs, porridge. Um, that would be seven hours. Then we'd go to maybe three to four hours out, have a bit of a snack, maybe a bit of toast again, mm -hmm. um, a couple of rice cakes, banana, something like that. And then maybe one... One maybe two hours out, um, something very small again. Yeah. Uh, love the Rice Krispie bars. Hard um, to beat. Cup of coffee and then just water, water, water. Maybe another coffee or a bit yeah. of caffeine before half an hour, forty-five minutes, to an mm -hmm. hour before the game, um, and then just rec recovering after the game. Try try get a big meal in at some stage. Um, yeah. Within an hour, maybe an hour or two hours after the game. Big chippy. 
Nah, I'm trying to keep it. <laughs> maybe a pizza. Talking more pizza. After good carbs. Game. Good carbs. <laughs> and uh, and David, would you take any supplements? Like, would you take any like caffeine gum, any betaline, creatine, anything like that? Uh, we take creatine every day. Yeah, so just five five grams creatine a day, one one scoop. Um, take protein and again, whether it's mostly in porridge or in a smoothie yeah. or something like that. Um, and then just if I if I'm not near my sort of protein targets, trying to get the two grams per kilo in of, of protein um, that's just to sort of bump it up I would try yeah. to get it from, from food as much as possible but that and creatine it's really vitamin D that's really it like um, don't know what else do you coffee, coffee and then I had tried the, the caffeine gums out there I think they're quality uh, like I must, I must uh, actually get more than that you remember to be <laughs> good stuff uh, the caffeine gum is good I, my caffeine tolerance always is shot at this point like I think it's more a mental thing because I was actually reading something I was saying like I was always the one that oh. right okay I'm, I'm getting used to this caffeine but it's actually there's studies done I'm not sure how, how like reliable they are but there's studies done to say that caffeine to- intolerance isn't really a thing really it might just be in your head you're oh. thinking right I'm having a coffee every day maybe it's not doing the same so I need more Um, but again if it's if it's in your head then like that's what you're you're seeing yeah. The same way something might work positively. If you think something's bad, then yeah. it could be bad too. So it's interesting. I mean, like I was having the coffee and then banging two of those chewing gums into me. Like, uh, so you're telling me it's still balls. still good to get the still coffee and chewing gum in me every day. One coffee, two caffeine gums. You're you're flying. You're flying. <laughs> you're you're bouncing. <laughs> I was uh, giving it to a few other boys in the team too, like the caffeine gum, and they were they were loving it. Like, good stuff. Good stuff. But uh, I do think think sometimes like a lot of them, it's it's maybe a wee bit of placebo it's too, isn't it? Like? Listen, if you're if you're getting the benefit from it and it, it is placebo, then you're and it's still it's still working, then it's doing, it. it's doing no harm. Like so far away. I do think with a lot of them things. Like I don't think this means just because you hear us chatting about going and fucking start yeah, putting caffeine gum yeah, in yeah. you. <laughs> but test it out, you know, if you're if you're interested in trying to test out before training, and that could be the case for any supplement. Like you know, test it out. Um, don't do it before your championship game, and I then end up funny story being about that. Jittering, right? Um, so we started on the the Peter juice. All right, so tra- trying that out before the last year's championship, and so it's Peter juice. Did a lot. I've tried it before training, gone, gone, gone. But then, obviously, match day, championship day, uh-huh. you know, you get the, the nerves start kicking in a wee bit, uh-huh. butterflies come in. And then it was another part of the plan was 10, 10 grams of creatine for, like, uh, yeah. the cognitive sort of side of things. Just uh-huh. maybe if you didn't sleep that well, it can sort of it can boost the, the, the mindset, yeah. like, the mind a wee bit and feel, right, okay, I'm not actually that tired. So the 10 grams of creatine mixed with the water, mixed with the beetroot juice, mixed with the carb load, just... You can imagine what's going on in the stomach I, there. I, um, so before, right before the game, uh, half time, and then midway through the second half, <laughs> I was like, "Yep, blood's up, blood's ah, up." Ah, Jesus! <laughs> ah, that that is not good. That's uh, a good example of testing that. Tripped the trip the change <laughs> midway through your first championship game. <laughs> the manager wasn't too happy uh, with me. <laughs> Beetroot juice is a killer. I, I don't think I don't think it was the beetroot juice, but I haven't gone there it since. Do so. you know what? I, I I got some of the beetroot. The beetroot shots. Yeah, the beetroot um, shots, yeah. I felt the same thing. My stomach was... It didn't feel good. Like, Yeah. I don't know. Like, Maybe it's a combination of your carb loading so much and everything's just... There's a whole mix of shit yeah. in your stomach. But um, I haven't taken them since either. Like, nah, it completely put me off. Like, I know there's like there's definitely research to show the benefits of uh, it, but if you're if that's gonna happen, then I'll, I think it's I'll, great I'll to stay do away a, from it. a real life example for it there. Um, <laughs> so me last night anyway. I definitely uh, beetroot just shots seals may have just dipped here after this year. Don't the brand. And uh, chatting about nerves, there was one of the questions like, how do you handle nerves before a game? I'm sure you've been in a couple of big games now over the past couple of years. I don't know. Oh, you're. I think you're just gonna. You're gonna get them anyway. It's just sort of channeling it, channeling it, um, in the right way. So yeah, I think there's not really much you can just control the controllables really, um, as best you can. Like, ideally, you should have the work done. Um, you know, you have good sleep. You're hydrated. You're well fueled up. Um, it's just a case of going out and performing and, and doing your job. Um, I think if you f- you look too much into it or think too much into it, that could be nearly a negative thing. Um, yeah. But I try to like. In the past, I used to have like the mad pump up music, and uh-huh. then it just I sort of realized, right? Okay, when I was doing that, and the performances weren't great, just sort yeah. of try a different thing, few things, and what works well, like just listening to a wee bit of like chilled out music you would listen to every day, just uh-huh. gets you feeling good and in a good mood. That's definitely one way of helping me, like. But um, I think just not overthinking it and having the the confidence that you're 
you're you're good enough to be there like and yeah and you've done the work you've done the work then yeah that's i think it's, it's just managing that hype too because you you can get too hyped for it. it it's just trying to find that optimal level but yeah um, i think that's nearly experience more than anything yeah it probably yeah, is too. It takes a bit of time getting to that point but there's definitely times it gets the better of you but i think just the more you expose yourself to it as well then the, the sort of the e- easier it nearly gets definitely the more definitely. used to it anyway and i think you know when you go into a game like that's one of the things i think this year that i've tried to do is you just go on with a certain set of goals like for me playing midfield it might be try and get x amount of kickouts in a game try and get up the pitch this many times and just focus on hitting them goals um, and i think when you break it down into those wee sub components yeah it can make it a wee bit doesn't make it as overwhelming for you sometimes yeah you know i'm thinking you have to do everything definitely it's definitely yeah. done that's in the past one like. thing we've been asked is like set a set a target two targets before each game and you know, you're obviously trying your best to work with that and you're trying to fit it into your, your role on the pitch. Um, but at the same time, if something goes tits up and you, you mess yeah. something up, you hit a bad way, it's like, right, and it's done. So can draw a line over yeah. it. Like, there's no point in dwelling on it. Definitely. And um, after the game, next day, are you doing any kick or recovery workout or is it just get on with what you usually do? Depends how I'm feeling, really. It's just if I'm feeling all right, I might push it out a wee bit. But um, most of the time, like, I generally do be pretty sore after a game. Um so I'll I'll go for a walk or I'll get, try and get a good feed in me, get a good night's sleep anyway. And yeah. I do like getting out for a walk just to get out and get the legs moving. Um, but I probably wouldn't be touching any main sort of training until two days anyway later. Yeah. yeah it's just that, it'll, it'll not be probably not be a heavy Saturday either. Like it'll be just get moved again. Again, if you feel good, push it out a wee bit. But I'm not just going to go through it just for the sake of taking yeah. off a Saturday. Like. Yeah. Um, I think that's... That's the important thing. Like it's trying to be as fresh as possible for the end of the week again. And you, you can't keep smashing yourself every day. It's your priorities being on the pitch and yeah. performing well. So you may as well gear everything towards that. Whenever you're, you're chatting about on the pitch, like what do you think is the most important attributes that a Gaelic player needs now? Um, definitely like football. The the game's won by scoring more than your opponent. Like so, obviously yeah. the the football skills obviously priority. Um, but I think apart from that, the ability to get up and down the pitch and and speed. Um, you know. If you had to ask maybe five five to ten years ago, it was like being big and hitting people and not being able to push off the, the ball, but it's everything nearly goes in the full circle again. It's more Does, yeah. athletic based, um, getting up and down the pitch, you know, just with the way formations go and stuff, everyone's attacking, everyone's defending up and down game. So you have to be able to move, you have to be strong enough, um, you have to be able to withstand the contact or whatever, but at the end of the day, you have to. Be able to kick the ball, catch the ball, put the Definitely. ball in the bar. Like. If you don't have the basic skills, doesn't matter how good an athlete you are, does it? Like, it's it, like. And um, with Antrim now going forward, what the I think Antrim and, and Derek kind of in a similar position, hopefully going on an upward trajectory. What, what do you think the future of Antrim football is going to be like over the next couple of years? Um, there's definitely been a lot of changes, uh, and a few, good few positive changes too. Um, hopefully. You, you will be looking to progress, obviously. Uh, I think Andrews should be a com- competitive, probably Division 2 team. Um, sort of, I'm not going to say they're going to be the, the, the best team in Ireland, but uh, if you look at where they're at now, I think even for top Division 3 and competing Division 2 should be a, a realistic yeah. uh, approach looking over maybe the next five years. Um, and I think just it has to get a bit better. Like, there's not... Don't think there's any any lower you can go over the past yeah. the past few years. Like and um that's up to has to be sort of player led too, like and, and, and come from within. Like um like it's easy to sit back and, and look at things and judge things when you're you're not really there. Um yeah. but obviously there's like there's no there's no doubt there's there's work going on in the background and um it's not a case of they're not there because they're not working, because mm-hmm. they are doing the they are doing the work. So um hopefully I'm not exactly sure. I, I wouldn't be experienced enough to speak about it but I'd say what it, whatever they are doing um, it's definitely definitely have seen improvements the past couple of years and hopefully yeah. it can keep on improving hopefully it keeps on going that way and uh, is Casement going to be built anytime soon or what's a crack air? God knows no one <laughs> seems to know what that is <laughs> flip a coin see what happens aye uh, nah hopefully fingers crossed I think it does need to be getting getting sorted out um, there was some sort of development but at this rate I've stopped following it like um, obviously I want it built and I'm all for it being built, but it's just it's dragged on too long. Where I've just I wouldn't know what to believe or I like you, you hear bits and pieces of it, but it's a bit mental that it's just sitting there, like such a waste. Like you can see, like if you look at my bedroom window, you can see like the floodlights. Yeah, and um, you can see a wee bit of the stand. Like and it's just like if you were to if you wanted to, you could wake up every morning and look at it. And right. you know, like I can remember the last game played on it was one of the last games. I knew it was was Champions of Finals and goals and 
I don't know, Love York maybe. Scores and Stones maybe. Um, but it was one of the championships anyway, and um, like it just it's hard to beat going to the casement on uh, Friday, Saturday night whenever there's a, a big yeah. game on. Like, and you know, you've, I've even been to matches where Anton played Tyrone, um, down in Tyrone were playing like there was big crowds. The place was buzzing. Like, yeah, you, you, like it was packed out in the warm summer's day. It was hard to beat. Um, but yeah, it's 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 sad to see. Like, disappointing. Like, but. I suppose like anything you just hope in the next couple of years it'll get sorted but it, so yeah. many things you have yeah, to go through in my control anyway there's nothing I can do for it unfortunately not unfortunately <laughs> not um, so when the season ends what's the kind of off season plans do you think for yourself um, I don't know I'd probably like to try something different I was actually chatting to, I can't remember who I was chatting to but I was thinking something along the, the lines of maybe some sort of Jiu Jitsu Brazilian Jiu Jitsu mm-hmm. and one of my friends is doing a bit of it at the minute and just something completely different that I've heard other boys trying it and they've heard good reports of it. Yeah. If we get an off season, that'd be great. Um but just the past we well, you know, you come out of one team, you go into another team. So you'll be going on the Jordanstown ball and Jordan, then Yeah, plus there's still a club under twenty one to play at the end yeah. of the year as well. So you find that hopefully difficult this season drags it. You know, balancing all the different teams you've been in the past couple times, years. yeah, but thankfully enough man, most of the managers have been good enough with it, like they understand right. the like it's becoming like player welfare is becoming a bigger thing like and the understanding that yeah you can't be out playing four games a week and yeah. training twice a day and all the rest of it but um now nah, luckily enough my managers have been pretty understanding and pretty good with it like so you get the you get the rest when you need it is there ever times when you're just like couldn't be arsed to play yeah all the time <laughs> what <laughs> uh start of the year was i, I sort of got that point um now nah, you go through ups and downs and Probably if you had asked me a couple of months ago, I'd be like, right, fuck this, couldn't, couldn't be annoyed. Uh, um, you're sitting there before training, and you're like, nah, don't really fancy it. But uh, nah, it sort of it comes and goes, and like you, you always say you want a break, and then you get a break, and after two weeks, you're like, right, yeah. I want to get back at it. Like so, yeah. I think, but if it, if there is times you need to maybe take a take a week off or something like that, then go for it as long as you're not you're not ripping the arse out of it and doing it <laughs> five times a year. Like. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Like I, I think as you say, you will always get times when you just couldn't be arsed to play. Um, well, like as a good example, you said there we had a break for a couple of weeks, and before it was like fucking footballs every weekend. You can't do anything, yeah. and then whenever it's gone, you're like fuck. One nine playing a match here. Like, uh, I know, I know. It's funny how it goes, but um, I think you know probably whenever you get more into like your own business and stuff, it's 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 hard to balance it all. Yeah. Like, and I'm sure you're probably finding that now too. You know, it's trying to get that balance between it is a difficult thing. That's thing I. Probably took, you know, last last year I was taking a lot more sessions than what I'm taking at the minute. Yeah. Um, and then just with the different commitments and stuff, I had to sort of cut back and the the working hours because of the gym business too. Like, other people work during the day, so it'd be great if people could come on to you during the day. But yeah. it's it's not the reality of it. It's not the way it is. So, um, like most of our our works early mornings and uh, and evenings. Uh-huh. Um, but again, your your training evenings. So it's like sort of prioritizing which, um. There's no point in coming up with an excuse that I don't have time, but y- y- you can make time. Like, so it's just yeah. putting put the priority of, of, of what you really want to focus on first. Definitely. And um, like longer term goals, you know, you're, you're chatting about in terms of coaching. You're looking to get into a, a professional setup at some point. Any long term goals of you know playing consistently with Antrim or opening up your own place, anything like that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think more football based, I definitely want to get back in the Antrim. Um, whether that be next year or the year after, I'll. Don't know. See what happens, but I think I've uh, I've a bit more uh, development to do anyway. Um, I think when I went in, I just I probably wasn't up to scratch. Um, I was playing well with the club and stuff, but I think it just maybe went a wee bit too early. Um, yeah. But I think I, I probably wasn't ready for it physically, or maybe even uh, like mentally. Just I wasn't probably hadn't matured enough for it. Yeah. Um, for the whole the whole lifestyle thing, but I think pff, I've definitely learned my lessons from it and worked on whatever I needed to work on. So hopefully that can. I can get another crack at that at some stage and consistently long ter- long term get a couple of good couple of years under the belt, good run on it. Yeah. Um opening my own place. I don't really at the minute I don't think it's really for me. Um but not to say I never will, but um just I I, I don't really see it at the minute. But yeah. I think just continue to develop and maybe bring on my own brand and uh still keep learning no, no limits fitness as well. Keep learning, plenty more learning to do and yeah. There's no point in I don't uh, for myself anyway, I don't want to jump in and end anything too soon when I've plenty more development to yeah. do. So um. Yeah. Just keep keep the ball moving. I think that's one of the things you kind of find too. Once you do go and do something like that, you're a wee bit kind of stuck too. Yeah. You know, like I have the place here, and it's like I love it, but it's not as easy to 
go away it's not as easy to do things like that now yeah. so it is it's all them things that i don't regret it but you know at times i do kind of be like if i want to go away and do go somewhere now it's just not as yeah, straightforward that's anymore. The thing. um i do want to get away and get a bit of traveling done um Maybe it means spend a few summers in the, the States yeah. or maybe Australia's always been on the on the, the bucket mm-hmm. list. Um oh Thailand, you've done Thailand this yeah. year, looked unreal. So Thailand, Australia, and around there, <coughs> America. Um I've only been to I've been to America twice and once I was I was maybe about five, can't remember it. Yeah. Like, and then I was only there for six days the last time I went and so I definitely want to get to see more of that place. Definitely. Maybe play a wee bit of ball in the summer. Well see see what happens. <laughs> see what happens. Um so one of the questions or a couple of questions was about drinking, um, drink bands, all that kind of shit. You don't drink at all anyway, sure no, do you? I never, I wouldn't touch <laughs> the stuff, no. <laughs> <laughs> and are you, are you, like before a game, are you a couple of weeks out, you're stopping, or do you try and keep a balance with it, or what's your thoughts? And um, I, I f- Personally, I would like to have a bit of a, a cut-off point, like a two-week cut-off point. Uh-huh. Um, it's not, as long as you're not ripping the arse out of it, like I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm, a fan of drink bands because um, I think it's hard to police like like uh, one boy, a couple of boys might go out and go on the piss for a couple of days and they might not put anything anywhere like I think with social media and all yeah. that it's easy to catch people out but at the same time people go out and go on the drink and nothing can be said yeah I know how to hit it um, but then like it's just too hard to police but I think if everyone's bought in and everyone understands right just don't just don't rip the arse out of it then it can be no problem um, but yeah I wouldn't I don't go on it often but probably uh, rip the arse out of it when I do like <laughs> <laughs> has to be done <laughs> has to be done um, Paddy Frill some lad asked me Jesus about uh, 20 questions <laughs> I don't know what she's got up there in Ibiza but it must have been fucking <laughs> dodgy hey? he wasn't even in Ibiza so <laughs> thank god he wasn't in Ibiza <laughs> stories stories must have been passed through I would ask you about someone here but I don't know if it's PG enough <laughs> uh, I will, will, will skip that <laughs> you had a good time anyway <laughs> uh, I fairly enjoyed myself yep um, that's uh, that's all the Q&A questions I think uh, I think we covered a good range of topics there for for Gaelic players hurlers whatever it is um I really enjoyed that too. That's nearly a full hour we've done there. Great. Anything else? You don't plan where where can people contact you? Find out about the online programming. So I'm on Facebook, uh, EMC Performance Academy, and I'm on Instagram, Omakeeb11. Oh, I think it is. Um, yeah, basically they're, they're my two main ones. Um, just give me a follow, or drop a message, and I'll be ha- be happy to get back with you. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I've. Um, been able to spend a bit of time with Owen. Owen's definitely a top quality coach. So if you are interested in in coaching or you're in the Belfast area, give him a shout. Like, because um, he's definitely very passionate, and knowledgeable about what he does. Um, so yeah, that'll wrap it up. Thanks for listening. Um, again, really appreciate if you can share this around and we can keep it growing, get more guests on. But um, hope you enjoyed that one today. And thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I think good man. Cheers. Thanks. <laughs>